Good day and welcome once again to our Bible study. We're going to continue on today in the Gospel of John in chapter 11. Today we'll be covering verses 13 through 27. And the title of today's lesson is, I am the resurrection and the life. So let's go back and review from last week what we studied. Last week we, we seen that there was a man named Lazarus who was sick. Jesus is close friend, right? And, and they were from Bethany, the scriptures told us. And he had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And they sent word to Jesus, if you remember. And they say, come quick. Our brother Lazarus, he's sick, right? Because they know that Jesus is the only one that can heal because they believe that he is the Messiah. They believe that he is the only one that can cure him, right? And the scriptures told us, that when Jesus gets word of his best friend Lazarus being sick, what did he do? He stayed where he was for two more days. Now, we said numbers in scriptures are, are very important because the number two tells us it's two different opinions of what's going to happen. You see, the sisters wanted Jesus to hurry and come. But Jesus says, I'm not. I'm going to stay here. And the reason he's going to stay there is because he knows that he's about to resurrect Lazarus. And he knows that the people that's going to be there, right? Not only the, the general public, but religious leaders, the Jews. So when you hear of Jews in scriptures, it's referring to the religious leaders. And a miracle is fixing to take place because he's going to resurrect Lazarus from the grave. So he stays there. Then after two days, he tells his disciples, let's go back to Judea, right? And they said, why do you want to go back there? Because you just left there because they tried to kill you and you escaped. And Jesus ended the lesson and he tells them, are they not 12 hours of daylight, right? He's speaking about the nation of Israel, right? And, and what he's saying is, he's saying, I've come to redeem the lost sheep from the nation of Israel. I've come to redeem the, the nation itself of Israel, right? He says, anyone who walks in daylight will not stumble, meaning he is the light, meaning he is the life, right? But he says, anyone who walks at night, they're going to stumble because they can't find the light. They're lost. And he's speaking about the religious leaders. So he waits because he wants this miracle to take place so they can see that he truly is the Messiah. Just what the old prophets had stated. Just what the Old Testament tells us that he did. He says, my friend Lazarus, right? He's falling asleep. Asleep in, in scripture means death. He says, but I'm going there to wake him. But you see the disciples, they don't get this because they think in the flesh. They think in the physical, right? And, and when Jesus says this, we end the last week and the last scripture told us his disciples replied when Jesus said this. They said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. So it proves right here that they're saying they're thinking in the physical because he's saying the more sleep they get, the better. But Jesus is saying, I'm not talking about sleep. I'm talking about he's dead. And I'm going to resurrect him. I'm going to, I'm going to perform this, this great miracle. So what we're going to see today is he's going to continue on. And he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. That's why the title of today's lesson is I am the resurrection and the life. So let's open up our Bibles to John chapter 11 starting in verse 13. And it says this. Jesus had been speaking of his death. Meaning his death meaning Lazarus. But the disciples believe he was talking about natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 
and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didomus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us go also, that we may die with him. And on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in a tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles or 15 stadiums from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she said. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. So let's go back up to verse 13. And verse 13 tells us that Jesus had been speaking of his death. Again, he's speaking of Lazarus here. Now, let's look at this word speak or spoke or speaking, some of your Bibles might say. This represents, this word here represents a remoteness, right? In other words, something that is very far away, we can say. So when Jesus speaks about the death of Lazarus, really what he's saying, and really the meaning of this word speak, because it means remoteness, is he says that Lazarus is sleeping. But the disciples, you see, don't understand this. So this tells us that they are far away from what Jesus is trying to teach them, what Jesus is trying to tell them, right? They don't understand the hope of what Jesus was saying. But you know, the same is true for some of us as well, right? Because think about it. When we first read the Bible, if you never open up a Bible and you start reading the Bible, right? We think the same way as the disciples. We look at it from a physical point of view. We don't look at it from the spiritual side, right? We look at it from a fleshly standpoint, not spiritually. So we miss out. We really don't understand the true meaning of it. And this is exactly what's happening to the disciples. The scripture also tells us, but his disciples thought that he meant natural sleep. So we see here that they're absolutely 100% thinking in the physical. They're thinking in the flesh. Verse 14. So then he told them plainly. So Jesus tells them, Lazarus is dead. So he just plays out, tells them. He's not asleep. I'm saying asleep because scripturally, spiritually meaning asleep means what? You're dead. Because really, when you go to sleep at night, what's the hope? Is that you're going to what? Rise up again in the morning. So when we hear this word asleep, asleep always refers to the resurrection. We can say amen. Because we're going to be resurrected if you're a believer, right? Well, all of us are going to be resurrected, even the believers or non-believers. Believers are going to be resurrected, right, at the rapture of the church. Unbelievers will be not resurrected, not before the great white throne judgment at the very end of that thousand-year millennial reign, right before the new kingdom, the kingdom of God is really established here on this earth and everything is created new. So Jesus here tells them plainly, Lazarus is dead, verse 15. And 
for your sake, I am glad I was not there, Jesus tells them, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Jesus is telling them, I'm glad I wasn't there when all this took place. See, that's the reason I stayed where I was for two more days. Why? Because you would have missed out on the miracle. Not only you, but all those people that's going to witness this miracle that's fixing to take place. That's what Jesus is fixing. That's what's telling them. Verse 16, then Thomas, also known as Didomus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Now, Messiah here has a message of life. He has a message of resurrection, right? He's saying, I will go to him. I will wake him up. I will raise him from the dead, right? Why? So you can believe. That's why I'm going to do all this. But we see here that Thomas says, let us go with him so that we may die with him. So you see, they're thinking of death, but Jesus here is really speaking about life, the resurrection. The resurrection gives us life. So we can see that they're far, far removed from the purposes, the truth, and the plans of God. Remember, Jesus is going to resurrect Lazarus. So Lazarus is going to do what? He's going to live. Because remember, death, Biblically speaking, spiritually speaking, means separation from God forever. That's what death means. See, we're all going to die. We, we, not, we, we can't get out of that first death. That's that physical death. But we can get out of that second death. And that second death is separation from God eternally, right? And that's what Jesus is saying here. Because if you remember last week, Jesus told the sisters, he, he's, he's, he's not dead. Meaning he, he's not separated from God. He's just physically dead, but I'm going to resurrect him to prove this miracle to everybody who I really am. Verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now remember, numbers are important in Scripture. Four. Number four, biblically speaking, relates to the world. You see, the resurrection, it is a hope that the entire world can have. Why? Because God so loved the world, hallelujah, right? That he gave his only begotten son that whomever believeth in him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. John 3, 16 tells us this, right? So you see it's through Israel that God did this, right? It is God's desire that the whole world should be saved and not one be lost. So it isn't or it wasn't an accident, I can say here, that, that, that Jesus came four days later. Why? Because he shows his power. He shows his authority, right? He shows that he gives us this hope, that this hope is available to all the people in this world and throughout this world. Amen? So going back to the scripture, we see that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Verse 18, now Bethany, Remember, Bethany means house of the afflicted one, right? Or house of the poor. Now, Bethany was less than two miles, or your Bible, some of your Bibles might say 15 stadiums from Jerusalem. Now, let's talk about 15 stadiums. 15 is less than two miles. 15 stadiums is less than two miles. Now, why does it say 15 stadiums? Well, we need to understand the meaning of numbers in Scripture because numbers play a very important part in scripture because it tells us something it's revealing something to us right so let's look at this number 15 how do we get to this right in other words what is the significance of this number there's two ways you can get to 15 right two numbers 
there's 10 plus 5. So those numbers mean something. The number 5 means lacking. But the number 10 also means what? Completeness. So we're talking about something that is not understood here, we can say, right? So people will not understand, we can say, the significance of this event that's fixing to take place. And what is this event? The resurrection of Lazarus from the dead, right? See, it's going to be a problem for a certain group of people right here. And that certain group you're going to find out, obviously, is the religious leaders. Verse 19. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. Now, Jews is speaking of the religious leaders again. Remember what the religious leaders did. They rejected the truth. Why? Because they followed the traditions of the elders, their man-made laws, their man-made rules. And because they rejected the truth, right, they pushed that aside. They, they, they didn't study so much in the Torah. They didn't study so much the old prophets, right? So we see that people here, right, some people, the Jewish leaders, right, they came into the area to bring comfort to Mary and Martha because of the passing of their brother Lazarus. Now, remember, we just learned that 15, the number 15 means something lack of. They're going to lack the understanding of what's fixing to happen, a completeness. And what is that? They're, gonna, they're not going to really understand the resurrection, that resurrection brings life, like Jesus is, is pointing out right here, to show that he is truly the Messiah. Verse 20, when Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Now, the word stay here, this foreshadows a change that's coming with Mary, right? In other words, it happened in the past, it's happening in the present, and it's happening in the future. So we see that Jesus is coming into town. He's coming into the village. But Jesus does not go to the house of the sisters and Lazarus. Where Jesus goes is Jesus goes towards the tomb. So I want you to keep this in mind. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, the scripture tells us she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. So Jesus is heading towards the tomb, and she's going to cut Jesus off right before he reaches the tomb. Verse 21, Lord, Martha said to Jesus. So they meet up, and Martha tells Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You see, She's testifying here about her faith. But you see, her faith here needs some assistance, right? But you see, we're just like that at times. Because our faith sometimes needs assistance from the Holy Spirit, from Jesus. I mean, believers have faith, right? But sometimes we lack full faith. But Jesus, what he's going to do for us, if we ask, he's going to, He's going to fulfill that faith. He wants to improve that faith. He wants us to grow in our faith towards him. Amen? So she's, she was thinking here. She's saying, you know, if you would have come here soon enough, Lord, Jesus, right? Then, then you could have changed it. You could have healed him. In other words, my brother wouldn't be dead. That's what she's saying. So we see here that she doesn't have a really a truly 100% expectation of Jesus conquering death. So at times, she didn't have that expectation, we can say, of the kingdom of God. Because 
if you really would have that expectation, then your your faith would truly be 100% with Jesus. But you see, sometimes we like this faith. That's the point I'm trying to make here, right? And when we like this faith in Jesus, then we, just like Mary right here, or Martha, we, we what? We don't have that expectation of the kingdom. And Jesus says we should. And Jesus wants to strengthen that faith. So when you are lacking in faith and you feel like you are lacking in faith, then you need to call out to Jesus. You need to call out to the Holy Spirit for you to be strengthened in that faith towards him to truly believe, to truly trust, to truly be obedient to him and his word. Amen. So you see, when we talk about the kingdom, right? We talk about the kingdom of God, talk about the kingdom of heaven, right? What's the first thing that should come to our mind? The first thing that should come to our mind when we speak about the kingdom of God is victory. And what I mean by victory is victory over death. Hallelujah, right? Verse 22, but I know that even now, she says, God will give you whatever you ask. Let's look at that first text, but I know. So she's saying that even though my brother has died, even though I lost my brother, my thoughts have not changed and will never change towards you. Now, why does she say this? You see, one of the most important prayers, you got to understand, you got to understand the Jewish culture right here. One of the most important prayers that the Jews say is called the Kaddish, right? It, it, and what, what, what does that mean? It, it's, a, it's a simple prayer where they sanctify God's name, right? In other words, you may be mourning, right? You may be praying for healing, praying for somebody not to die. But if even though they die and even though they don't get better, right? They still do what? They still honor and they still praise him, right? Now, why am I bringing this up? Because what was the purpose of, of them doing this? You see, back in th this time, and, and even still today, you can say, right? Many people especially in that time, were idolaters. I mean, they worshiped many gods, right? They were pagan. And they had many idols, right? They, and, and, and during that time, they, if something was going on in their life, they would go to a shop or go to a store and they would buy an idol. And they bought this idol depending on the need of what they wanted. And they would pray. And they would worship this idol. And as long as things went their way, in other words, meaning their expectations were met and things were positive, right? They loved this idol, right? They loved that idol, whatever they bought. But the minute things didn't go their way, right? They might have prayed for something, but it didn't come out the way they wanted. It didn't come out their expectation of, of how it should. Then what they would do, they would smash that idol to the ground. They would destroy it. And, but, but what did they do? they go get another idol. So they would be going from one idol to the next idol, right? So in that day, we can say there were many gods. That, that, because that's, remember, the Jews were in captive for hundreds of years. And, and they were in captive by pagans. And that's what these pagans believed. These pagans worshiped many gods. But Jews are different. Judaism different, just like Christianity is different. Jews believe in only one God. Just like Christians do, right? Except the only difference is Christians believe that the only way to get to God is through his son, Jesus Christ. But the Jews don't believe that. The Jews don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. So going back to what I'm saying is that they would say that these, these mourners' prayers, right? And e even if their prayers weren't answered, 
and their loved one passed away or the loved one stayed sick, stayed sick, what they would do, they would still pray, worship, they would uplift God in order to sanctify God's name, amen? And it's a lesson to us that we should do the same. Now, why do they do this, right? Because there's only one God, and there's no other God. So what Martha's saying here is this, Lord, if you were here, things would have been different. You could have changed things, right? But you weren't. But even though he's dead, I still believe in you. I still want to be your servant. That's what she's saying, amen? Continuing on in the scriptures. In verse 22, the last half of that part, that even now, Martha says, God will give you whatever you ask. So it, it shows us here, and she says here, even though my brother passed, I still honor you. I still want to be your servant, right? I still believe in you, right? So does she still believe in Jesus, that Jesus has the power through Almighty God? Absolutely. That's what the Scripture is telling us here. And Jesus said to her in verse 23, your brother will rise again. So Jesus' intent was to raise Lazarus from the dead. It's plain and simple here. And Martha answered in verse 24, I know you will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So, see, Jews, Jews believe that first resurrection will take place, right, when Jesus steps foot on the Mount of Olives. That's what they believe. That's why she says right here that I know he will rise again in the resurrection on at that last day, meaning when Jesus comes back, the second coming. So she wasn't expecting it to be now, but she's expecting it to happen on the last day. Now, there's going to be a general resurrection, right? That's what she's saying, and my brother's going to be a part of all this, right? He's a man of faith. That's what she's saying. He believes in the one God of Israel. He believes in the prophets. He believes in the covenant of Abraham. So yes, he will definitely be resurrected on the last day. That's what she's saying. But notice what Jesus tells her. And this is probably the most important scripture in today's Bible study. In verse 25, Jesus turns to her and says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Now, Jesus tells her, I am. This refers to the name of God, right? This is the name that God told Moses to use when, when he goes to the elders, in Egypt. And, and Moses says, what if they ask who sent me? And God tells them, tell them, I am sent you, right? So it's referencing the name of God. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Now this word life represents kingdom. So what he's saying here is, I am the source of life. And that life involves the kingdom of God. The last half of that Scripture tells us, the one who believes in me will live, Jesus says, even though they die. So being committed, that's what he's saying. You got to have faith. You got to put your trust in me, right? You need to walk in obedience. All these things that we've been talking about since day one in Bible study. He says, this will get you in the kingdom and you will never die. See, you only die when you're separated from God eternally. But if you truly believe, if you truly put your trust in him and have faith in him, 
You, you, you commit to him. You walk in obedience to him. What he's saying is you will never die. Even though you physically die, you will still live on forever. Where? In the kingdom of God. Why? Because the resurrection and the life, right? He gives life and life represents kingdom. 26. And whoever lives by believing in me, he says, will never die. Do you believe this? Now, never die, he's speaking of that second death, right? Meaning separation from God eternally. So he's saying, if you truly trust in me, if you truly believe in me, right? That you know that I am the Messiah. You know that I am the Son of God. You know that I, I was sent to this earth to go on that cross on Calvary, right? He died for our iniquities, right? He was betrayed. He was, he was arrested. He was crucified. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. He ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father. He says, if you know this, you're going to be saved and you're going to have life in the kingdom of God. Amen? So this tells us right here that we only have one opportunity to come to faith. And it's in this life that we live right now, right? If not, then you're going to enter that second death. And that second death is the lake of fire. So Jesus tells them, if you believe in me, you will never have to worry about separation from God. You will never have to worry about hell. You will never have to worry about the lake of fire. Then look what he says. Do you believe? Jesus asks her. And look what she says. Yes, Lord. So she firmly says yes. Now, what is being emphasized here is that the Messiah, Jesus, is the Messiah that he's divine, right? This means he has absolute power, absolute authority. And that power is a kingdom power because the kingdom will never end. Why do I say that? Because she says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who comes into this world, that was sent into this world. That means this, that he has all authority, he has everlasting and eternal power, and that power is a kingdom power. Why? Because that kingdom will never end, and he wants all of us, all of the world, to be in this kingdom. Now, we know that all of the world will not be in this kingdom because Jesus tells us, right? There's many, 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 many on that broad road that leads to that wide open gate that leads to destruction. He's talking about hell. But very few will be on that narrow road that leads to that narrow gate that leads to the kingdom of God. I'm going to leave you with this. Which road are you on tonight? Do you truly commit yourself to Christ? Do you truly obey? Do you truly believe regardless of what's going on in your life, regardless of the situation that you may face? Do you truly trust in God and believe and know that he is your savior? He is your redeemer. He wants to resurrect you. He wants you to be in that kingdom of God that lives forever and ever and ever. Amen. And that ends our lesson for today. We're going to be back next week. We're going to continue on in the Gospel of John, Chapter 11. We sure do appreciate all of you tuning in today. Uh, going to be a blessing for someone this week. Be a difference maker in this world in a positive way because someone needs you, right? Someone needs you to do a good deed. Someone needs just maybe an encouraging word, an uplifting word, right? That's what they're waiting on. Remember, Jesus calls us to go be disciples in this world. Until next week, we love you guys. God bless.